thread, a singular thought expanded upon. Thread is the podcast of the Emerge Network. For more information, log on to EmergeNetwork.org. Hi, I'm Chuck Quinley, and welcome back to Thread. This is episode 15. Uh, This episode finds me still in Los Angeles uh, at the Kyoto Grand Hotel, and so if you hear some road noises, that's still going on. I was here for the Visual Story Network conference, and uh, that was just a really amazing time of mixing with Christian leaders in media and putting our heads together on how um, we can improve the church's use of media, and uh, just a very interesting group of guys. Okay, today we are looking uh, in Mark chapter 4, verse 21 through 34, and this one is about Jesus as a teacher. It's his teaching method. It's how he, uh, how he perceived what he was doing as a teacher, and in, uh, in covering this, we're going to get a glimpse of how we find life and how we find truth uh, in God, the process that you go through to grow up in your knowledge, especially today, in your knowledge about the Lord, your knowledge about kingdom truth. How do you get this knowledge? So that's what we're going to focus on today. Uh, So if you've got a Bible, go get it, and we'll be right back. Our passage today starts in Mark chapter 4. It goes from verse 21 to verse 34. And uh, this passage has four different sections to it. The first section is verses 21 through 25. And that's the one where he says, Do you put a lamp under a basket or under a bed? The purpose of the lamp is to be set on a lamp stand. Verse 22, There's nothing hidden which will not be revealed, nor has anything been kept secret but that it should come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, when I was younger as a Christian, I always thought verse 22, the part about there being nothing hidden that won't be revealed, nothing secret that won't come to light, I always assumed he was talking about sin. And, you know, certainly it's true that in the judgment, God is going to reveal all the secret things that we've all done that are not under the blood of Jesus, and um, we're going to have to account for that publicly. We're not going to be able to to enter the kingdom of God and not uh, own up to who we really were in private. But that's if you look at the context of this passage, that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about truth. He's he's talking about the lamp being, you know, that's truth. That's a light of knowledge. God's bringing that. Are you supposed to hide it? Verse 21. No, it's intended to light the whole household. Uh, And then verse 22 is actually a promise that God has nothing hidden that won't be revealed. If somebody will dig at it, he will reveal it. There's nothing that's been kept secret that won't come to light. God wants to do that. Remember last week we, uh, in our last lesson, we talked about the word mystery and how the New Testament uses it uh, differently from the common culture. Common culture used mystery to be a hidden thing that can't be known, and God's word used it as a hidden thing that can't be known by man, but that God has revealed to men. 
so that we can know it. So that's what Jesus is saying here. You know, there's nothing God has that he's keeping back from you. He doesn't want to keep secrets from you. He wants you to know his ways, to understand his heart, to get his character inside of you. Uh, it's his desire. And verse 23 says, so if you've got ears, turn them on. You know, if you want to hear things from God, focus, focus your attention. You know, if you hunger, God will reveal himself. The purpose of God's word is to illuminate all the hidden truth of God. And he wants to talk to you. So tune in, you know, um, look at verse 24. This scripture really was drilled into me as a, as a young Christian by uh, Jim and Helen Mann, missionaries in Mexico who mentored me for a summer and whose life I always followed after that. Uh, verse 24 says, take heed what you hear with the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you, to you who hear more will be given. And, you know, they were, they were, uh, really drilling down into me. Don't, don't let your mind wander. When someone is teaching you, whether it's in church or Bible study or one-on-one, -on -one, or it's just somebody talking to you, pay attention to them because if you'll listen, not sit there, judge them and say, oh, man, this is going on forever or I have to be somewhere else or let your mind, you know, totally tune out. Sometimes you see people in church and they're sitting there texting or working on something else. Uh, you know, this is scripture against that. It says it, the amount of importance that you place in the study of God's word and in having someone explain what they've learned about God to you, the amount of uh of uh, value that you place on that, that's how God will measure what you get to receive from him. And verse 25 says, that the, and the opposite is also true. To him who has, more will be given. To him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Uh, people who do not value revelation, uh, they just don't care to know God's word. Um. They're just not going to get anywhere with God. He's judging the heart. He is, he is willing to reveal everything that he has and give us all things in Christ as our possessions also. But there's a posture that we have to take with the Lord. And if you'll take that posture as a learner, then it makes the job of the Holy Spirit as our teacher uh, much easier. It makes it work. And so that's what the first section is about. It's about revelation and about spiritual hunger being rewarded by God. Okay, now we move to a different section. This is a parable of the growing seed. And he says in it, you know, the kingdom of God is like a man who scatters seed on the ground. And he, he should sleep by night and rise by day. The seed just sprouts and grows. He himself does not know how. For the earth yields crops by itself. First the blade, then the head, and after that the full grain in the head, but when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle because harvest has come. You know, harvest is the whole point of sowing the seed. God wouldn't tell us anything except he expects it to go in us and to work. He wouldn't, he doesn't do things, you know, that have no purpose. His word must not return void, the Old Testament says. When God is going to speak, it's a seed. It's going out there to make life. But he's also teaching us... Um, that God's truth has living power that grows all by itself. And if you can just get a truth from God 
planted in a human heart, it will continue to grow. It's earnest ministry. If you're involved in the seed sowing ministry, you're, you're doing your ministry sincerely in earnest. You're planting random living seeds that have life in themselves. As you live the word with integrity and you engage people to teach God's word to them, as you pour your life into others uh, in ministry to help them walk out the word of God in the prax- on the practical aspects of their life, their marriage, their business, their friendships, you know, as you uh, minister to people like that, he's just saying you need to understand, you know, your effort is only part of that. The seed is God's seed, and God's word has life in it. If you just can plant that seed, and, and he even says uh, that the soil cooperates with the seed. You don't understand how it grows. Verse 28 says the earth just yields crops by itself. Uh, you know, I've seen places where people throw out the garbage. Uh, I remember in Jamaica looking out my backyard and there was just a place where someone had just been chopping down some banana uh, plants and they'd just getting rid of it, you know. And lo and behold, right there in the ground, up shot new banana plants. And uh, there's just life in the earth. There's life in the word. There's life in the seed. So sow the seed of God's word. Make sure that when you're ministering to people, you're not just doing kindness to them. You know, God, God help us all to be kind, but that you are putting God's truth into people and sow it everywhere you can. We can't take credit for it, and we must never take credit. Uh, you know, even sometimes when someone, and I guess we have a lot of reasons for doing this, but, you know, where we want to say, I, I led him to the Lord. Well, usually in most people's life, there's five or six people that had um, a contribution to them finding Christ. And you may have been the one that prayed with them or, or you may have been the one that followed them up. Uh, but usually there are a lot more people involved. And even if there weren't, it's the work of God in their life. They would never have listened. They would never have turned. It would never have changed them except for the work of the Holy Spirit. So we have a job. You know, we have a ministry. We're a seed sower. We're, um, we're a mailman. You know, we deliver God's messages to people. Um, and that's, that's our job and he's not going to do that. We're going to do that. But the growth of the word is a mystery and it's a miracle and it's a, oh, it's a wonderful thing to watch. And sometimes you know where you're sowing and it grows right in that garden where you tell it to grow. You know, maybe you're planting a church or a small group or campus ministry. But sometimes somebody that you never even noticed or paid attention to, they come back to you in the future and they say, hey, you know, you ministered to me. I I never even spoke to you, but I heard you say this and I followed that. And it's just God's word. It's amazing. It grows in places you miss noticing. And so, um, you know, we need motivation. And that's what that section's about. It's about motivation to believe that you are sowing life, and that's, uh, you know, there's two words for life, and one of them is bios, it's your biological life, and there's another one that Jesus uses, and he says, I've come to give you zoe, real life, life force, uh, true living that'll come up within you. So you are sowing seeds of zoe, life, everywhere you go as you interact with people. So be encouraged that the word will bear fruit, and sometimes you don't get to sit there and watch it grow day by day. You just 
go and sow the seed and understand that behind you that seed is at work as you move on. I'm always amazed with the Apostle Paul. You know, he would he'd plant a church and leave a month later, and I just can't I can't imagine doing that. But Paul had that much confidence in the Word of God and in the ongoing power of the Holy Spirit that he wasn't the Holy Spirit's only messenger. Uh, he was a planter of things, and there were lots of things to plant, so he was on to the next field. Okay, let's look at now verse 30, uh, the parable of the mustard seed. And this is different. This one is about when you are starting your seed-sowing ministry and you are, uh, you, know, you, are, you are wanting to be a harvest worker. You are, you are called by God and you're entering the field and you intend to do work for God. And the work that you do seems really small. He says, to what shall we like in the kingdom of God? What parable can we picture it with? It's like a mustard seed, which is about the size of a poppy seed on a bun, you know, a lot smaller than a sesame seed. Um, so it's like a mustard seed. When you sow it in the ground, it's smaller than all the other seeds on earth. But when it is sown, it grows up. It becomes greater than all the herbs. It shoots out large branches and the birds of the air can nest under its shade. You know, don't despise small beginnings. God's work usually starts small, but it's alive and it will grow. Healthy things grow. You don't have to make them grow. They just grow. Uh, we were in the Philippines in uh, all of the 1990s and, uh, and beyond. And the Lord uh, burdened us to plant a church. And in the beginning, that church was 13 people. We met in a house. And about a third of them had a pretty serious life issue right at that moment, whether it was uh, related to drugs or marital breakups. And uh, this group needed a lot of uh, pastoring. And it, it was you know, it was an exhaustive work, but it was an exciting work, too, because I could just see the life in these people, well, that that group grew to be 1,200 people and churches in other cities and missionaries in different countries and, you know, just kept, it just keeps on producing. Even today, uh, Sherry and I uh, passed the leadership on to Albert and Barbara Clavo, and they've done a great job there and with local leadership and uh, the way we wanted to see it. Uh, but it it just has life. Churches just have life. And uh, small groups just have life. And when you do things in the ministry, uh, intentionally as ministry, don't, don't be discouraged if they seem like a small beginning because it won't stay small. You know, favor healthy processes. Favor healthy processes. Don't try to hit the home run one time. Don't. I think actually a lot of people plant churches and they mess it up because they go straight to Sunday services, uh, which is about the most let me say the least authentic thing that most churches do is have a Sunday service. Uh, we don't have much community there. A lot of it is uh, performance based. If you're not careful, it becomes this uh, sort of entertainment uh, aspect. So um, you need to take care of the processes of discipleship, those things that make people know each other, those things that cause people to grow and, and you know become a healthy plant. If you will favor the healthy process you know, then move toward a Sunday service once you've got people that actually know each other and you can use that for your outreach. But, you know, Jesus is promising us in verse 32, if you will favor a healthy process, pay attention to the seed, 
um, you will become a spiritual shelter for many people. And that's a way you have to see yourself. He's not raising up superstars. He's raising up people who are the shelter for other people. Little birds come underneath you, and they find shelter there. Okay, now let's flip down to verse 33 in Jesus' use of parables. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. You know, Jesus was a learner-driven teacher. He understood he couldn't teach any more than they could handle, and he couldn't, um, he couldn't force things inside of people. He had to put them first, and their learning needs had to come first. So, uh, you know, the power of story. Uh, he's using the power of story because it helps the people. Without stories, the next verse says, without a parable, he did not speak to them. But when they were alone, he explained all things to his disciples. Without a story as an anchor point in memory, and as a revelation lens, and as a light... He just didn't teach crowds because it, it, it doesn't work. They forget 90% of what you say when you're just saying words. If you say a story, it sticks. And it's interesting that, uh, you know, Jesus only had a short time on the earth to go around ministering, and he used the time telling stories. And he didn't always even explain his stories. They're just like um, truth bombs. He just planted them everywhere. And would just tell stories. Spent three years roaming around telling stories. But to the insiders, he explained it all. So let's get alone with God and ask him to explain it all. Let's treasure his revelation. Let's seek it. Every time we listen to a podcast or go to church or open our Bibles or read a book um, or get on our knees and talk to the Lord, let's tune in stop all the distractions focus our thoughts treasure his revelation write them down get you a journal and as god reveals things to you write it down that's your treasure because you can build your life on the things that god reveals to you and then let's commit to share that word to other people uh, i want to encourage you to check out the podcast i mean check out the uh, website quinley.com also the emergenetwork.org website. We're working hard on that website. We're wanting to put good resources there that you can go to. Also, there's uh, ways to build friendships there with other leaders like yourself. And uh, that's our primary vehicle for uh, building the community here. So keep growing. Till next time. Thread. A singular thought expanded upon. Thread is the podcast of the Emerge Network. For more information, Log on to EmergeNetwork.org.